We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me at. We do this every time. Verified. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Chris, talk to the people. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. All right, we're coming to you guys ahead of Seattle's Week 8 game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but in lieu of having someone who covers the Jaguars uh, join the show to talk about a team that one cares about uh we're going to have a seahawks legend on the show be our midweek guest this week so joining us on the seahawks man-to-man podcast we have the homie cliff averill cliff what's, what's happening what's, what's happening nobody cares about the jags huh <laughs> <laughs> i mean not while the seahawks is two and five nah, oh my bad ain't you from are you from jacksonville i am from duval oh, baby damn. My, you know what <laughs> i threw up the D. my bad my bad <laughs> But you you can understand the Seahawks are nah, two and hey, five. Yeah, no one wants to no one wants to dissect Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence with us right now. We can do that maybe later, but no one wants to do that with us right now. With the Seahawks are two and five, man, and that's obviously the obviously the buzz around town. A few days ago, they lose that Monday night game, another close game, uh, their third straight game where they came up short uh, without Russell Wilson, perhaps the most clutch player in football, not named Brady, arguably so or Rogers. Um, when you look at the twenty twenty one Seahawks, Cliff, man, just what are you seeing right now? It's different. That's what it is. I mean, it's not what we're used to seeing. Uh, obviously, a big part of that is number three is not at quarterback. Um, and, and you know, it, it's just, you know, that that magical touch that we feel sometimes. You know, people – it's so interesting, too, now, because, like, Russ is – with his absence is probably the most popular player in, in Seattle right now because you actually value what he brings to the game. I mean, you you don't know what you're missing until it's gone. And I think that's what we're, we're facing right now is we understand Russ. Some of these plays that we expect to happen, they would happen if Russell was there. So um, I think that plays a big role. And then, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the defense a little bit, but the defense ain't what we're used to seeing as well. So it's it's a combination of both sides trying to figure things out right now. And and um, good thing is they got an extra game in 17 weeks uh, to, to try to figure this thing out. Did you think that it would go this way without Russ? Never, never, never. No. Uh, you know, I, I, I would have felt more comfortable going into it without Russ if our defense was playing a lot better. 
Um, I think that plays a big role because even those games when he was in it, you know, our defense wasn't playing that well, but somehow, you know, we still was able to win two games. So, um, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it is right now. But if you look at it, too, though, we're still in games like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, these are one possession games. These are at the end of the game. We're just not able to finish. And one of the best finishers in the game is Russell Wilson. You mentioned finishing with you. What you've seen with Gene on these last three games, how would you approach him and try to keep his head up? Because we know he, what he wants to do, what he's capable of doing. He wants to go out there and win and lead this team to a victory. How, as a defensive player, would you approach it? Be like, yo, man, I understand what you're trying to do, but keep your head up. How would you approach that, Cliff? And that's what it is, though, man. Keeping a positive mindset, you know, letting them know that we riding with you. You are the leader right now. We got to depend on you. Um, you know, you know how to play football. Heck, like I said, we've been in games with you. It's just all about finishing. And if you look at the last three weeks, two of the three weeks, you know, last possession and interception, sack fumble. You know what I mean? So it's 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 the turnovers, obviously, at the end of the game. But for me, if I'm on his team right now, I'm still encouraging him. But I'm also looking myself in the mirror to figure out how I can make the team better. Mm. So the 2020 Seahawks defense started off very poor, giving up yards at a historical rate, giving, couldn't get off the field on third down, wasn't forced in turnovers. Pretty much every relevant metric was pretty bad. You no know, pass rush. I may turn it around. 2021 Seahawks defense starts off very similar. Uh, it's bad in all relevant metrics, uh, minus points. We're giving up a ton of points this year to start like last year. But when that happens back-to-back -back years with – very similar personnel, uh, minus a few guys here and there. Who, who does that fall on when the defense just has these bad starts to the season? Everybody, uh, whether you're talking about, you know, management, uh, whether you're talking about coaches, whether you're talking about players. I think it's on everybody because, uh, you know, it's 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 every, everybody plays a role, whether you're talking about scheme, whether you're talking about personnel, whether you're talking about the personnel that you have to fit into the scheme. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot that goes into it. And and I think also leadership, man, um, you know, we we're 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 so conditioned and, and you know, out here we're so spoiled uh, with, you know, those those years of having great defenses. But the one thing that we had was leadership and experience. You know, what I mean, all those guys, everybody from the back end all the way to the front, everybody was was a leader of their group and a leader of the entire team. Everybody shut up and listened whenever one, somebody spoke. So that piece, I think everybody's trying to find their way and how, how can they get back to that and, 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 and speaking life into one another more so than, man, I'm just going to go out here and ball out for myself. You know, it's, it, you got to be selfless out there. And I think they need to get um, on the same page from that perspective. Staying with the defense, what have you seen or have not seen with the pass rush? I look at Carlos Dunlap. I know if people look at his raw stats, they see, oh, how many sacks, Chris? Not that many, but I'm sure his pressure rate and all those things might be better. But from what you've watched and you've played that position, what are you seeing that teams might be doing that's slowing him down or he's just having an off year? Well, it, it goes hand in hand. Whether you're talking about Carlos, you're talking about Hyder, you're talking about any of those boys up front, uh, it goes hand in hand as far as for the DBs too. You know, um, in order for me to get a sack, I need my DBs to be able to cover for three, three and a half seconds. You know what I mean? Uh, anything longer than that, I'm leaving them on the island. You know what I mean? So it, it goes together, uh, both sides or both front end and back end, they need to kind of figure things out. They need to be on the same page. They need to go have lunch together. They need to do something, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, because, again, they go hand in hand. They have to have trust in one another. But also, I think a part of it, too, is the scheme and the system. You know, you, you're, you're blitzing Jamal a lot more, so which is good uh, at times, but it doesn't allow your pass rushers up front to be able to get active. Like, one of the worst things is when we're blitzing on third downs. Like, I hate – like, we would go – 
myself, Michael Bennett, every any true pass rusher. I mean, you're 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 throwing a hissy fit if you're talking about blitzing on third downs because we know that means you're moving lateral, not vertical. You're not getting upfield. You're you're moving side to side, and and I think um, you know as a that's the worst position to be in. So again, the scheme, but more so than anything, man, everybody just has to get on the same page and understand they need they need one another to have success. So basically. Mike's idea, kind of what Mike brought it up a few weeks ago, because the Baltimore Ravens, they do a lot of just cover zero, blitz the hell out of you, and, you know, we're, we think our guys might be able to cover. You're saying, as a defensive player, you're like, eh, as a defensive lineman, I'm not really rocking with that, right? Is that what I'm hearing in certain situations? No, it depends on what you got me doing on most blitzes, right? If we're talking okay, about yep. I'm still coming off the edge, but you're blitzing up the middle where there's nobody at, cool. Like, because that, okay. that doesn't affect me. But when you start blitzing off the edge and that means I have to go inside or I have to run a game with my guy or something like that, then that just takes too much time. You know what I mean? Everything is timing yeah. in the NFL. Uh, the, what they tell us when we're kids, the, the fastest line, uh, the, the best, the easiest way to get to the next point is in a straight line. So don't have me going side to side. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> yeah. what I mean uh, from, from that perspective. If you're going to blitz, cool, but don't have me moving side to side. Let me go vertical. Last year, I watched a game with you, Cliff, the Buffalo game, and I learned as more about defensive fronts than I ever have. And just in that little three hours, stick fronts, Falcons, Bear, and it was in, that was it actually became really relevant those terms because uh, Seattle went to the Bear fronts a lot in that second mm -hmm. half of the season. Uh, five, five linemen, five guys at the line of scrimmage, kind of changed things. Uh, how how integral do you think that was in the way the defense turns things around in the second half of the season last year? Well, you know, I think it played a big role with Jamal. You know, uh, obviously, how, so you, how does you, that help Jamal or change change how they use Jamal, the different fronts? Well, the different fronts help Jamal in a sense of 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 kind of where is he going to blitz from? You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. we all know it. Everybody knows it. Jamal, he's he's going to be in the box. And most times he's he's coming off the edge or maybe even hit that B get from time to time. But he's coming off the edge. And and I think it's helpful for him until teams figure it out. See what I'm saying? And I think that's mm -hmm. where we're at right now. You know, the, the hardest thing to do in the NFL is be consistent because people are studying you day in and day out. So so someone like Jamal, if we know he's around the line of scrimmage, he's blitzing, we're going to run away from him. Or, heck, let's run it at him, see if he can hold up. You know what I mean? It just depends on the the, the philosophy. But when you do that, how to, like where are the holes in your defense? And then you have to, like, you have to understand that and figure that piece out too. So uh, the fronts – and, and the blitzes, I don't think, matter as much more than just understanding how to maybe disguise, maybe, you know, understanding where the holes are in that defense to, to be able to compensate. Maybe somebody needs to stay backside. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into right. it, but it, it's just more along the lines of, you know, you, you got to understand how they're going to try to attack you. And then you, you play off of that. I want to stay with Jamal on the defense and talk about more about Jamal Adams here and get your gauge on how you are seeing him play this season. Because if you type in Jamal Adams – just search it. It's a lot of negativity well, like out it, there. It gets ugly there. Don't Twitter and, search Jamal Adams' name. Boy. And to Don't be do fair, that. Mike watches film. I watch film. Cliff, I know you've played the game. You've seen the film. You know what the Seahawks are trying and want to do with Jamal. How would you assess his play, not compared to last season, but just this season, and given that teams now have a full year on film on him and they're taking things away and trying to exploit some of his weaknesses? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For sure. And and that's what that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? As as a team, when you're studying players, you're trying to find weaknesses and you're trying to expose it to see if you corrected it. Right. Uh, as far as for Jamal, I think I think it's a little unfair because what he did last year was so extraordinary. I mean, a man had nine sacks or whatever it was mm-hmm. and let the team. So people off rip. They expect that. Like, hey, we need to get sacks. Um, you know, he needs to get sacks because that's why we paid him so much money. But again, when people know you're blitzing all the time, all right, now we're going to add you into the count for the protection. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do? Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I've watched Jamal on some of these blitzes. For a DB, the man knows how to use his hands really well on how to shed blocks and different things. And he's not really like the biggest person to be able to do so. But again, it slows him down because that's not something he does constantly, right? It's not something like I work on hands every single day because that's what I do every, you know what I mean? every single yeah, play. Right? That's not something he does. So he has to learn that as well. And but overall, though, I mean, again, it's it's the stats. That's what people look for. They're looking for those sacks. They're looking for all those plays. And he's not getting there right now because people are kind of game planning and whatnot. So they have to change some things up, I think, in order for him to to be able to get those numbers back up. How would you change it up if you put your head coaching cap on defensive coordinator? What would you try to implement for Jamal to make sure that he is being utilized and is making plays that everyone wants to see the stat wise, because there are times Mike talked about a few weeks ago. He said, Chris, when they're pump faking, you can't see it on the screen because you're not seeing the all 22 live. But when they're pump faking, they're not trying to throw at Jamal because he's right there. He's in position and fans don't see that. And then they don't go back and watch the film, which, okay, they're missing out. So if you Mm -hmm. had the reins and you were doing it, how, what would you try to do to maximize Jamal? At some point I put him at linebacker. Mm. At some point, I move him to wheel linebacker, weak side linebacker, or something like that. Maybe go back to a four-three front and roll him down from time to time. Most times, than not, and let him play in the box because that's what he wants to do, anyways. He's a thumper. Yeah. He, he wants to get downhill. You know what I mean? He's not really trying to cover your man to man or not. Like he wants to get downhill. He wants to get active. You know what I mean? So at some point, that's probably what I would do. Is is maybe go back to a, a, a base four-three, put him at wheel linebacker. You still have your other two linebackers standing up and allow him to just be able to play over top and different things like that, that would be the move I would do. But now, hey, 
I'm going to sit here talking to you guys. I ain't no head coach. <laughs> Coming soon. No, but that's interesting because I noticed that in Pittsburgh game, they didn't do a lot of bare fronts in that game because you could tell, like even Bobby hinted at it a little bit. Uh, he was like, you know, we kind of switched to that because teams are basically, he basically was like, the Rams are killing us with fly sweeps of Robert Woods. So we had to start mm-hmm. protecting our edge, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but probably some more reasons too. Changed it. Okay, you don't see teams fly sweeping them, you know, not even Debo Samuel or Robert Woods. So now mm-hmm. even they didn't use a lot of the bare fronts against the Steelers. I don't think they did against the Saints either. But what one thing that I have noticed, and it's something people tweet me about, text me about, and I don't have a good explanation for it. I just know it's part of football, is plays where Carlos Dunlap is out here guarding receivers or Benson Mayoa is out here dropping back to cover stick routes. Is there what what are you thinking when you're seeing edge rushers out here acts to be coverage guys so often? That's what happens when you change to basically a three-four front. Mm-hmm. Your, your your outside linebackers, quote unquote, are your defensive ends that are standing up. Sometimes them boys gonna have to drop in the coverage. They're gonna have to drop to the flats. They're gonna have to cover a wheel route or something like that. You know what I mean? Because technically you're an outside linebacker, right. they're probably blitzing on the other side. You know what I mean? But those guys in particular probably don't even like it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know if I was a pass rusher, don't have me going backwards, man. I don't get paid to go backwards. Even if I got an interception, y'all not paying me for that. Y'all paying me to go get this quarterback, right? So. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that's frustrating as well. But uh, to be a team player, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes you got you got to sacrifice because next year when contract time rolls around, like, yeah, you was being a team player. You didn't get that many sacks, but you dropped me 60 percent of the time. You know mm. so that's, a, that's a problem in itself. But um, going back to your question, though, I, I just think it's the, it's the system. You know, uh, that that's why they have to drop a little bit more than often uh, than, than we'd like. You know what I mean? But it, it's a system. Sometimes they got to drop back in the coverage and, and help the team out. Yeah, I was watching the film of the Pittsburgh game. I seen Brian Monet and Puna Ford covering a Chase Claypool stick <laughs> I, route. I think, they both, like... I, I think they both I think they both messed that one up. I, I seen that. So I'm like, oh, okay. Both D tackles dropping? Come on, guys. Nobody in the middle Like, no, they messed up on that. That was, yeah, it was a two-man rush. They both covered Ebron, actually. And I was like, man. I, mm, don't know. I was like, wait a minute, man. They messed that one up. I, I I don't know what the call was, but I guarantee you there's never a coverage where two defensive tackles dropping. All right. Two 330-pound defensive tackles. 600 pounds just covered. Yeah, 600 pounds of, yeah. I don't know their pro football focus coverage grades was great after after that. But it's something I, I see it every week. I just saw Carlos covering receivers, slot guys. And I'm just like, when when Pete says after games, oh, we got to put our guys in position to be successful. That, that's what flashes it to my head because, I mean, I mean, we all see it. Like the pass rush isn't getting like Jameis had some time yesterday. Right, he had, he had way some time. too much time. Way too much time, man. Um, you know, and and I mean, I, I watch the game through a different lens, so I'm not watching all 22 players. Yeah. I'm watching the front four. <laughs> right. Like that's yeah. all I'm watching every time I like. That's the first thing I look at because that's I, I, I mean I'm so conditioned to to stare at that. And you know, I'm up there with Cam, and we're watching the game. And you know, of course, he's paying attention to the back end. <laughs> man, what's going on with the rush? And Cam like, man, such and such messed up on the coverage. You know what I mean? It, and it's just it's just frustrating because, um, you know, you're watching this. And again, they're blitzing a lot. So somebody's going sideline to sideline instead of getting upfield. All those things play a role in why, why you know, uh, Jameis had some time yesterday. If you pick up the blitzer and everybody else is moving side to side, it's it's hard to get there at times. They've got they've gone to like their dime package a lot, you know, since like week four, basically pulling Jordan Brooks off the field in favor of uh, Ryan Neal. Um, and since then, they've had like one of the best third down defenses in the league, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's a sustainable way of, of going forward? You know, a six DB package uh, on obvious passing downs the way they've been using it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's working, if it's work, if it works, don't break it. I like five six, by the way. Brooks, man, he's putting on for that five six. I ain't gonna front. He's been he's been <laughs> he's been impressive uh the, these last few weeks. But um, you know, sometimes you gotta play dime in certain situations and, and it's been working, you know. I just think the only the only hiccup that you might start to find or, or have is what if they run the ball? Will these mm. guys come up and tackle? I like mm. Ryan though. I like I like him. He he has come up and he'll smack you. Obviously, the guys on the back end. But you know, these are just things that a concern right. that you have. But if it's working, you know, we're not letting anything get over our uh, over top of our heads. We we're we're stopping everything. We're getting off the field on third downs. Keep going. Yeah, no, Ryan Neal, undrafted guy, he'll hit the hell out of anybody. You know, that, yeah, that, yeah, the undrafted yeah, yeah. dudes are just like, hey, I'll throw my body around. You know, I'm trying to stay hey, in the league. Man, I'm, trying to keep, I'm just trying to keep my job, though. I'm just trying to keep my job. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks are two and five. Like I said, they got they got the Jaguars coming up. Um, then they got the break. Hopefully, they get Russell Wilson back for that Green Bay game uh, in Week Ten. With all that in mind, is is this season salvageable? And if so, what does salvageable even look like for these guys this year? Yeah, man, we got a hey, what what are we two and two and five uh, right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, seven games in. We still got 10 games to go, guys. You know what I'm saying? Like so much can happen. A lot of what and just pay attention to this. A lot of the teams that have winning records right now, by the end of the season, some of those teams will actually have losing records, right? It's such a long season, man. Um, I think you just gotta weather the storm. They have to get a they have to get a win with Russell out, though. They gotta get a couple of wins with Russell out. Cause I do think Russ will be able, I think Russ by himself will will you you know, five, six, seven games. We see you know it every mean? year. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've been saying it, and, and he's been clutch. You know what I'm saying? So I think they got to win a couple games while he's out right now, obviously. And then when Russ get back, Russ going to do rest things, and, and we're going to win some ball games. Um, so, yes, to answer that question, I do think it is salvageable. salvageable you know, they're going to say One word. Yeah, they can figure it out. They, they can fix it. Now, I think, I think part of the defense being good – I Getting think better. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Well, I just I like Trey Brown out there. You know, Sidney Jones got his first PBU of the season. Uh, I think uh, the the back end seems to be stabilized. Uh, if that stabilizes, like you like you said, Cliff, the the front will will come together. Um, I mean, their only sack against Stafford, uh, you really can't tell until you watch all twenty two. Jamal Adams covers Cooper Cup. Daryl Taylor gets there. Yeah, Daryl Taylor, who's a beast, man. by the way. Did you work with him? Big, with big fan. No, man. I was, we was supposed to catch up. We text and talked about football a little bit, but we were supposed. I'm a big fan of that boy, man. Uh, I ain't gonna lie to you. That boy. Hey, there's just some. I, I tweeted this probably. I tweeted this last week actually, and then unfortunately, like a couple plays later, he got hurt. But um, I tweeted. I was like, man, I'm a big fan of that boy because there's just certain things you just can't coach, you can't teach, just natural ability. Now you add some 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 technique to it. That boy's gonna be a dog, man. Um, they they got to keep him around for sure. Keep him safe and sound, and he's gonna he's gonna be around for a little bit. What what are those natural things that he does that uh, you can't teach? I mean, just being able to bend, right? Because a big part of pass rushing after you beat hands and all that stuff is turning that corner and bending. Um, some people bend lower than others. You know what I mean? Whether it be just natural ability, something you work on, whatever, but. I'm pretty sure that's not something he's worked on. He just naturally does it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, and then he naturally, uh, I seen him going after the ball. You know what I mean? On sack, on sacks, like that's not. Those are just natural instincts. You know what I mean? It's not certain thing. After a while, you can coach that, but to see him his first year of actually playing and doing stuff like that, it's pretty impressive. I mean, his get off. He just has all the little intangible stuff that, again, you can't teach. Um, it, it's it's just a natural thing. Looking at the D-line, who do you expect to take off this second part of the season? Now, as Mike mentioned, this, the back half of the defense is figuring out. They're getting comfortable. They're understanding things, schemes. They're, they're, doing the, they're doing the things they want to do. 
who do you see on the D-line that's going to take that next step and move this pass rush forward so that, you know, the next few games, this team is starting to maybe get things better, and you're looking at a team that finishes maybe 10-7? and seven. Mm -hmm. So, uh, excluding D.C., because obviously I'm a big fan of him, mm -hmm. and then we just talked about him. Uh, I'm going to go with one of the big fat boys in the middle, man. I'm going to go with my man Puna Ford, man. I'm a mm. big fan of Puna. His name hasn't been getting, you know, too much, too much. Uh, hasn't been getting shouted out too much as of lately. But Puna is one athletic big fella, man. And I think while once DT gets going, uh, hopefully, you know, Benson and some of those other guys get going, I think things will start opening up a little bit more for Puna. And I can see Puna getting you about a good five, six count on, on sacks. He's gonna get a pick six. Just throwing Puna it out. Pick six. He, them balls are flying in the air, and he's he's one. He wants it so bad. He's gonna get one. It's gonna be fun to see him run down the sideline. He did oh, have yeah. a scooping score in the he, scrimmage. He's so gonna he gonna clock maybe eighteen miles per hour, and that's that's scary. <laughs> yeah, scary. Big brother, that's scary. <laughs> scary. All right, how we talked about how this season could go. Uh, how do you think uh, it will go? What's your kind of second half prediction? Let's just let's just for the sake of this assume that Geno starts against the Jags and then Russ starts against the Packers, and that's just what it is going forward. Uh, I think they st I st I, I'm always and I actually got a couple of bets, but this is before Russ got hurt <laughs> with some friends uh, saying I think they win at least ten games. So right now I'll put it at nine games. I think they still win nine games for the season. Nine and eight, okay. Actually, I got I got one more because the other thing that I asked you after they lost to Buffalo was what's going to be the key, and you said accountability. Mm -hmm. That was going to be the thing to turn it around. It's just what they had to do. So before we get you out of here. Um, do you still think they have the because losing KJ I think was a big part of that because that's like you mentioned yes. it, guys who can shut up and listen KJ is the person you shut up for yeah, yeah. right and then you know that, they subtracted one of those guys from the room so without him you know obviously still have Bobby and other guys in there you think they still have the voices in there um, to hold each other accountable and weather this storm like they need to going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think leaders like Bobby Wagner, um, Russell's still on the sidelines doing Russell. You know what I mean, being Russ and, and, and trying to lead the charge, uh, you know, some of the older heads where you talking about Dwayne Brown and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I think accountability is still a big part of it, though. You know, what I mean, like because because what happens when you start losing is it's two things that happen. It's either everybody start pointing fingers mm -hmm. and saying why like it ain't me, it's them. Or it's like, OK, cool. How am I going to get better? And why? Why? I'm going to get better for my guy next to me. Right. It's one of those two things. So obviously, whichever one you take is is either going to start winning games or you're going to start losing games. And I think Bobby understands that. I think Dwayne understands that. I, I think Russell understands that. So uh, speaking, speaking guys up and, 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 and making sure you're bringing guys along, being positive, that positive stuff works. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. obviously it works. Right. So yeah. bring those guys along and then um, holding everybody accountable, letting them know, Hey man, on this play right here, you really let me down, bro. Like, I expect more from you. You're supposed to make this tackle. You know what I mean? Like, just making sure guys are, are holding themselves accountable to, to the highest regards because that's the only way you're going to win. That's the only way you can win in this league. Now, Mike said we got to get you out of here on one thing, but I want to get you out of here on another thing, and that is who would you like to see on this man-to-man -man podcast Ooh. that Ooh, you can help man. that you can help get yep, for the show? Who you got, Ooh. man? Y'all put y'all stole that from uh, what you call it, huh? Um, yeah, all, all, all the smoke. smoke. Shout yeah, out my smoke. boys, yeah. Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Absolutely, <laughs> great question. Y'all stole that from them. I like yes, that sir. though. Um, football wise, or anybody? No, anybody, bro. Anybody. Ooh, we, we, can, we can spin it. it. We we can spin it. Uh man, that's a good one. I wish y'all told me this before the show. Well, uh, see, we had to catch you slipping. <laughs> nah, yeah, you yeah you caught me slipping. I would say, <sighs> I don't know if I could promise it. Oh yeah, do it. Yeah, Marshawn. 
Oh man, come on, man. Yeah, that's and, a... and Marshawn's the homie, so hopefully that we can get that done, man. That'd be dope. I'll I'll I'll, I'll hit him up. I'll try, but I don't know. Doesn't I don't know. Be... He, he might, but you know what? He might look out for you. He might look. Out yeah, for you. and doesn't have to be good. anytime soon. Just plant the bug in his ear, like, hey, the homies on man to man, cool people. They want to rock with you. You know, thirty minutes, whatever the case may be, we down for. That it. might be the first time Chris ever has a drink. <laughs> that might be yes. the one because you know Chris ain't never drank before so uh, you might have to take a shot with that boy Hennessy. you might have to take a shot with Marshawn bro. <laughs> so, if you don't take a shot with Marshawn I'd be hot yeah, I'd be hot well, on camera <laughs> well Cliff man we thank you for your time we appreciate it man we know you're a busy dude plug what you got going on man oh man you know uh, Cliff Averill Family Foundation you know still trying to make a difference in this world here and abroad um, please go to cliffaverillfamilyfoundation.org to check out all the all the work we're doing and man, just you know, continue to keep elevating and growing in every aspect of, of life, man. But before we leave, though, big fan of, of of the legalized blackness, man, and the black excellence. I like I like the hoodie, bro. Um, oh whoever, yeah, yeah. I need, I need one of them. I need one of them. I got you. That's the homie. It's the homie Die. She's out here from Seattle. Oh, where? Yeah, I put right, you yeah, on. What yeah, size yeah, are plug you? Me, I need that. I need that. What size are you? Triple oh, my XL. I don't, I don't, I don't slim down, man. I'm an XL now. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I'm slim down. I got you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in word. Just like you said, you got to You gonna try with Marshawn? I'm gonna put it in word for you. Got you. My man. I appreciate that. There it is. Another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. We will catch you guys later. We out. Time to